Well, good evening. How's everybody tonight? Good looking crowd here tonight. I appreciate that very much. I'm sure your pastor does as well. And uh, as always, I want to start out by saying uh, thank you to him. I'm sure he'll come back and review this at a later time. And I, again, don't ever take for granted these invitations to come and preach. I certainly am thankful for it. And as uh, bestowing a lot of trust upon somebody to turn this sacred desk over to them, and and I'm very appreciative of that to your pastor. And um, I'm going to take a few minutes here because I messed up on my trip up here. I generally don't like to talk to too many people, and I don't like to listen to too much on the radio uh, or TV before I preach. Because what happens is something gets in your ear and you're like, well, maybe I'm supposed to preach something else. Well, that's what happened today. I was listening to a pretty good sermon on the way up here and I said, you know, I've got a sermon on that. And as I was sitting there, I was just going, well, um, I think I know what I'm supposed to preach, but I'm going to take just a minute and make absolutely sure that's what the Lord would have me to preach. Uh, so in the meantime, I just want to kind of update you on where we are on our ministry uh, since I was here last, we haven't really made too many uh, trips. Actually, my wife and I were blessed to go on a couple of little vacations, which don't happen a whole lot, so that was a good blessing. And uh, aside from that, uh, pray for us. My ministry slash personal vehicle, it's kind of both. I've got a, a Yukon that I drive, and I used to pull the trailer around to pick stuff up, and deliver these Christmas boxes and things like that. Actually, I drove it all the way to Louisiana last year to, to deliver those things, and that thing blew a motor a couple of weeks ago, and I've been scrambling trying to get me a car back on the road, so uh, pray for us for that manner. I know God's going to take care of that. I've already seen Him working in it today, uh, but we still need to be praying for that to be able to afford the motor and then the, the labor that goes along with that. If I can get you to turn me down just a hair, I'm echoing up here. But uh, aside from that, we're getting ready to uh, make some trips. i feel like the hurricanes that hit the islands last week did some damage down in um, the Turks and Caicos and Providencialis, which is way down, uh, it's actually in Cuban airspace, it's way down south in the Bahamas, and uh, we'll probably be going to the Turks and Caicos, we've been in touch with some churches down there uh, to deliver some goods and things that they're asking for. Uh, I doubt we'll respond to Florida because, with that being in the United States, uh, there's going to be a national effort. Uh, everybody's going to swarm down there to help those folks. But if there's a need, we will certainly respond. And uh, talking about that, I've got a good friend who is in Sebring, Florida, which is almost where the eye of the hurricane is right now. And I've been in touch with him. He just lost power about 30 minutes ago. There was no rain, and now all of a sudden it's really hard winds and rain down there. I can only imagine what they're enduring. But um, he, he is a missionary. He's seen these storms for many years, and he was well prepared before it hit. So uh, Lord willing, they'll be okay. He's an elderly man, but uh, still in very good health and can get around and everything. But be praying for my friend. He is actually the man who... Uh, had me appointed to my position uh, down in the Bahamas, and, and uh, I took his place doing what I'm doing down there, so uh, he's, uh, he's a very special person to me. Uh, so his name is Dave Spangler. If you just keep him in your prayers, I'd certainly appreciate that. And, uh, well, I'm not going to keep you long tonight. Uh, 
I feel like this is what the Lord would have me to preach. I've, I've felt this way for several days. I was studying the other night, and, and uh, I said, well, I've preached that quite often. I'd like to do something else, and I didn't get that liberty. He brought me right back to this. So this is what we're going to preach tonight. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Mark 10. Mark chapter 10 tonight. I've preached this message many times, and I enjoy it more and more. Every time I preach it, it's a blessing to me, and I certainly hope it'll be a blessing to you and that God will do a work through it tonight. I'm going to give you just a minute to, to find your place there in Mark 10 and verse 46. Mark 10 and verse 46. And the Bible says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you again for the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. Lord, I have no idea why you would choose me to do something like this, but we sure are grateful tonight. And we had the opportunity, Lord, I just pray, God, that you'd hide me behind that cross, Father, that these fine folks don't hear me at all, Lord, but they certainly understand and hear what you're speaking to their hearts, help them to apply this message to their lives. And uh, Lord God, we just lift up one more time those people down there in the path of this storm all the way up to our neck of the woods. Father, we don't really know where this thing's going to end up. We just pray, God, for uh, no deaths and uh, Lord, that you would just have your hand upon those people, Lord, and most importantly, here tonight, Father, if there's one in the house that don't know who's their personal Savior, dear God, I pray, Father, that you'd help them to make that decision here tonight before it's eternally too late. And we'll certainly give you all the honor and the glory for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Uh, so here in 40, uh, verse 46, excuse me, Jesus was already headed to Jericho, and Bartimaeus didn't even know that he was coming. However, the Lord already had this plan. Uh, you may remember the story about the woman at the well. And what did the Bible say there before he went? He said, I must needs go to Samaria. So again, a woman that needed the Lord, yet she hadn't even called out on him. But he already had this path planned. He was already on his way to meet her needs before she even realized that she had the needs. Uh, thinking back in Genesis 22, we see Abraham, the greatest man of faith that ever lived, he took his son, his only son Isaac, up that mountain to sacrifice him. And on the way up the mountain, Isaac asked, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And as I preached to you last time, that lamb was on its way up one side as they were on their way up the other side. And there was a divine appointment that was already planned from the time that God laid the foundation of the earth for those two to meet at the perfect time, at the perfect place at the top of that mountain. What are you saying, A.J.? I'm saying you should be comforted tonight in the fact that God already has the plan for your lives. No matter what your struggles, He's already got that thing worked out. So I want to set the stage here for you tonight as we talk about this beggar, Bartimaeus. Uh, I, I think he was a real beggar. I don't think he was one of these folks that sits down at the stop sign at the local Walmart and, and begs for change to get a new pair of tennis shoes. I believe with all my heart that this beggar was a, a beggar who depended on everything that he got, whether it be a, 
a morsel of bread or a, a, a coin or whatever it may be to live day after day. I believe that as he sat there in this baking sun day after day that uh, he didn't know where his next meal would come from. Amen. That uh, everything again that was given to him was important for him to actually have life for another day. It, what I'm trying to say is his lifeline was this uh, begging thing that he was doing each and every day. It was very important to him. He was a beggar. He could have just sit there this day and stuck out his little cup or his hand, whatever it was that he used there to get a little change when this big crowd, this entourage that's following Jesus through Jericho there came by like he always did. But I want you to understand here in the Bible that this could have been just another normal day like every other day as he sat there begging, but it wasn't. This day was going to be different. There's some things that we're all too familiar with when it comes to our church services. Our typical service goes something like this. We'll typically have a choir singing. Uh, there, there's going to probably be some piano. There may be a special song sung that day. There will definitely be an offering. There will be some preaching. There should always be an invitation. And if it's an old-fashioned Baptist church, there's going to be some chicken somewhere involved before it's over with. Say amen right there. There's definitely going to be some food if it's a Baptist church. But the fact is we get so settled into those services and so content in how things happen and we roll out this schedule and we do everything uh, in this certain format every time we walk through the back doors, we become content, we become settled into this and it just becomes church. We go through these uh, routines and these motions and there's days that the Spirit wants to come by and help us out but it's just another day in church. For me, for years, it was just church, but I can tell you that one day, things changed for A.J. James. That one day, I remember as an eight-year-old boy, as I sat about two-thirds of the way back there in the pews, and that one day that I walked up the aisle and settled down beside that piano on the right-hand side of the church there, and I gave my life to Christ as an eight-year-old boy, that one day that things changed for me. Can I ask you something? Have you ever had your one day? Do you ever remember that one time that you got along with Jesus and you asked Him to come into your heart and save you, forgive you of your sins? If you can't go back to that one day, my friend, I'm asking you before you sit this service is over with tonight that you'll come down here and utilize this altar to get things right before you walk out those back doors. Your one day. Bartimaeus had many one days, things go the same. He'd sit out there in the baking sun and, and beg. But this day Jesus was coming by, and this was not going to be a regular day. This was the changing point of his life, if you would. I would imagine as he sit there pondering on what he, would do, what, what he was thinking as he heard that Jesus was passing by, he never saw his life this way as a young man. I don't think this was ever the plan, and I don't think this is how he wanted to die as an old man. Many times in our lives we receive some type of news. Something happens in our lives or one of our children's lives that just wasn't the plan. Uh, maybe something in our marriage, something at work. I, I, I don't know what you might be going through here tonight, if anything. 
But there are many times that our lives tend to take off in a whole different direction than what we ever planned in the first place. I may have told you this last time I was here, that when I would go into the drugs and the rehabs and and all the different places that I'm blessed to be able to go and talk to people, I've never once heard anybody say that they just woke up and decided that they wanted to be a drug addict. I've never talked to one man that ever decided that he just wanted to be an alcoholic for the rest of his life. But almost every time that I would ask that person, how did you get to this point in your life? They'd simply say, I don't know. I'm just here. It just happened. They never planned on their lives being this way. But here's what I like. Those gamblers, the drunks, the addicts, uh, the murderers that I've talked to, cheaters, liars, even the child molesters. Can I tell you tonight that Jesus loves them all? They just need to experience that one day for themselves. And again, I know there's some here tonight that didn't see life being this way. There's several here mentioned tonight that that big C word has crept into their life and it seems like maybe there's a little time left. I know this. I've got a big God that's still on the throne. Amen? And if I've ever seen Him be in the healing business, it's been over the last two to three years since this COVID thing's come into play. I've seen Him lift people up off their deathbed time after time after time. And I know this, if He does decide to take somebody out of this world, it's sudden death and sudden glory. Amen? I'm glad to know that tonight. So Bartimaeus here, he he had a choice to make. Just like every other Christian in this world and in history had to make. And it comes down to you here today having still that same choice. And Bartimaeus here in the Bible that we're talking about, he isn't asking God here to just give him a little glimpse of light as you'll see here as we move on. He's not asking God to just open one eye and let him see a little bit just so he can get a little light in there. He asked God that his sight be restored, that he be able to see, to have the darkness removed from his life so things could be different from here on out. He had a desire to change his life. Psalms 37, 3-5 certainly says that if we have that desire, He'll give it to us. It says He will give us the desires of our heart. Why then would anybody want to settle for less than what God has for us in this Christian walk? He has it all figured out. Now I can tell you this, these people that try to live a Christian life with one foot in the world and one foot in the Christian life, it'll never work. I know this because I tried it for years. After changing my life, I I should say after rededicating my life and the Lord changing my life, I remember many nights as I laid my pillow on my head thanking God for what He had done and how He had changed my life. Yet I still struggle with the fact that as a successful business person, uh, going to those places and doing some of the things that I did, and, and my friends and, and my employees and those people seeing that, well, if he's a Christian, as I call myself, and he can go out and do these things, and, and it seems like God's blessing his life, then certainly I can do those things as well. 
And I know for a fact that some of those men and women today are still not serving the Lord because of the things that I did. Amen? I'm glad that we've got an omniscient God, an omnipresent God, a God that is just and faithful to answer prayers, and one that was willing to welcome me back into the fold after all those years of running the streets and doing the things that I did and still be able to use me today. I'm asking you once again, have you had your one day? I want you to understand tonight, and I understand this is the heart of the church, the Wednesday night crowd. I understand it for the most part. Everybody here tonight's probably saved, but I want you to also understand that I don't ever take for granted that everybody in the house is saved. So I'm going to preach to you tonight like there may be one in the crowd that's not saved, just as there was here in this story. I want you to understand that this is a a perfect picture here of salvation. And as we move on, you'll understand what I'm talking about. This man, uh, Bartimaeus, is blind. He has the opportunity to come to Christ here as Christ passes through Jericho. Can you imagine if he would have stopped right here uh, where we are in the Bible and the Scriptures at this point and just said, okay, man, I'm going to sit back down. I'll just go ahead begging like I do every day and gave up this new opportunity for this new life. Wouldn't that be crazy? What a waste that would be when Jesus is stopping by. What a waste it would be if He missed this wide-open invitation. Jesus was drawing a crowd here. Again, He had this entourage following behind him and there were tons of people there so how in the world could this man make sure that he was seen by Jesus after all he was just a beggar he was a nobody well it's very simple my friend he cried out I believe this old man was probably hoarse because he never really got to talk to anybody sitting there on the side of the streets each and every day begging I believe he was a nobody as everybody else passed him by from day to day I believe he was Probably dirty and filthy. I believe he was unable to work. He was broke and he was broke in, wondering where his next meal would come from each and every day. Many days I'm sure he was tired of this life. Can I ask you something? Can you relate to this man? Are there those days when you're just ready to quit? Are there those days when you just wonder how in the world life is going to get any better? I want you to understand that this man was in a predicament that he never saw coming. He was in a predicament where he just didn't know things would ever get better, and he was sitting there on the side of the street, broke and broken, and Jesus passes right by. Let's move on. So this man, Bartimaeus, he cried out with all he had to get the Lord to look his way. Because i got to tell you tonight, if I'm ready for a change in my life, i got to do something big, because what I've been doing so far hadn't gotten me anywhere. Would you look back at verse 47? And the Bible says, And when he heard it, that, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And verse 48, And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. This was definitely the call that changed things for Bartimaeus. It was a same call that changed things for AJ and that changed things for my kids and for my wife and for my family. 
It was that same call that changed things for many sitting here in the church house tonight. Once again, I ask you, have you ever made that call? So I want to show you here in the Bible just what that call has done for some people in their lives in the Bible and how Jesus responded to that need and that call. First of all, I want to take you back to one of the most familiar calls when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. You may remember that Peter there asked Jesus, if it be you, bid me to walk to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And the Bible says that he stepped out onto the water and that he actually began to walk. But it was then that he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink. And as he was going down, he too made that life-changing call, Jesus, save me. And what did Jesus do? He looked down at him and said, well, you don't have on the right clothes. No, I didn't read that in my Bible. Well, well uh, you're not doing things exactly right. I don't think your life is quite right for me to save you yet. I'm glad my Bible don't say that. Well, you're just not going to the right church. I don't like the people you're hanging out with. The Bible doesn't say any of that. Oh, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that so many people that you talk to or you witness to think in their minds that they've got to get something right in their lives before they get ready to turn their life over to Christ. Aren't you glad to know tonight that I didn't have to get anything right in my life? As a matter of fact, He wanted me to come just as I was. He takes care of everything else. Amen? That other sermon I was listening to was of the prodigal son, and every time I hear that story, I just see myself. I see myself leaving the Father's house as I did when I was a young boy and going out into the world and doing all those things. But I love the part where he came back home, he was still the same boy, and the Father was sitting there watching for him. He didn't run out there and tell him that he needed to change things or go take a shower, get things in order before you come back here. That's not at all what he did. The Bible said in that story that as that prodigal son was walking toward the house, the father ran out to meet him. And what I really liked, and I, this isn't even in my notes, but just thinking back on that story, what I really liked there is it said that the father fell upon him and kissed, him, kissed his neck. And I got to thinking about that, and I, I pictured the son running forward and the dad running toward him, which means that everybody else was behind the father. The father had been on lookout all this time waiting on that son to come home. And I believe with all my heart, because it says that he fell upon him and kissed his neck, it's because, number one, that boy had come and bowed before him to submit himself to the father. You see where I'm going here? He was still the same man. But the father stood between him and those people you know those people that would have criticized him? And those people that said, you aren't good enough to do this? And those people that said, this will never happen to that person? The father ran out and covered his sin and kissed him on the neck, took him back into the fold, put a new robe on him and a ring on his finger. I'm glad to know I don't have to change anything for me to come to Christ tonight. He's just waiting on me to call on His name. Just like this blind beggar here. There was a man named Lazarus. Very familiar story. 
He was deathly ill. His sister goes to find Jesus, but we all know the story. Jesus shows up too late. Or did He? I was talking to somebody yesterday about... Uh, I don't even remember who it was off the top of my head. But anyway, it was a friend of mine that was just kind of opening up to me. They needed a little bit of counsel. And, and he was saying, this is wrong and that's wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong. And I'm like, hallelujah! And this guy probably thought I was nuts. And I said, let me tell you something I've learned. The more the devil piles it up, the more glory God gets when he breaks it down. Amen? I don't like those challenges in my own life, but I like seeing them in others because I know what's getting ready to happen in their lives. Something good's getting ready to happen, and I love that tonight. So this man, Lazarus, he's already dead. His sister said he stinketh by now. I believe God had to allow it to go this far, even though it hurt him. The Bible said he wept over this situation so that people could see His honor and His glory when He raised Him from the dead. Next thing we know, we see this man go from the grave to the table there with his family. The Bible says that it's not God's will that any should perish. He wants to help you today. If there's anything free in this world today, let me tell you, we need to go ahead and jump on it. Amen? It's as simple as you making a choice to answer God and to call Him into your heart. In our text here, they tried to shut Bartimaeus up and push him back down into his place. And someone here will tell you the same thing, but you don't listen. Well, who is that, brother? Well, I can tell you, as sure as you're faithful to church, as sure as you come to church three times a week and sit in these pews, there's somebody else that's just as faithful as you are. I, I believe with all my heart, if there's one little crack back there, Satan's going to walk in here, and he's going to listen to the preaching just like you are. And about that time that you feel your heart being convicted, and about that time that you decide, you know what, it's time for me to move, I believe he's going to start knocking. And I believe he's going to tell you to just sit back down because you're just fine. You don't need that mess. Let me tell you something tonight. He's a liar. Amen? There's only one thing we need. There's only one responsibility that we need to fulfill. And that's coming to Jesus before it's too late. Look with me, if you will, there in verse 49. So Bartimaeus makes this call to the Lord, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. I've, as I said, I've preached this many times, and I, I love this story, but as I was studying in preparation for tonight, uh, the Lord showed me something here that I've preached many times, but never actually saw in this way. In this particular case, God didn't call the beggar to walk to him directly. Look back at the verse there. It says that he commanded him to be called. And this hit me like a ton of bricks. Jesus used his people here to deliver this message. He commanded him to be called. How many times has Jesus tried to use me to make that same call to His people and I failed? You say, but you're a preacher. Yeah. You're a missionary. You travel all over the world. Yeah. And there's times that I've been standing at a gas pump pumping my gas and I felt the urge to witness to people and I didn't do it. Woe is me. Listen, we need to be taking everybody we can with us. 
We need to be telling them. Listen, just in the last couple of weeks, over a period of two to three days, I got a call for an earthquake in the South... I'm sorry, a hurricane in the South Bahamas. A 7.5 earthquake in Mexico City. Tornadoes. Uh, man, I, I don't even remember what else. There were, there were like five different countries that got hit all at one time. What are you saying? I'm saying the Bible is unfolding. And it's not going to be long till the Lord comes back. Amen? And we need to be talking to people. We need to be witnessing to people. We need to be telling them about this man named Jesus. He called out, and Jesus answered back, just as He did to Peter there on the water. He said, come. This is my favorite part. Now watch here what happened. Verse 50 there. And He casting away His garment, rose and came to Jesus. But Now watch this. We talked about the choice you have to make if you want to be different. If you want different results in your life. The Bible says there, let me read that again. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Again, as I, I, I think about Bartimaeus sitting there each and every day, if you know anything about the desert, it's very hot. And it's dry. And I would imagine that as he sat out there day after day, he was baking from the sun. Probably everything he could do just to get enough water to survive throughout the day. And he has this garment that the Bible speaks of. And I believe that garment would be a necessity for Bartimaeus to be able to survive that hot sun each and every day. I believe that he would have to have that to, sh to shade him just to keep from the sun burning him and blistering his skin each and every day. What I'm trying to say is that cloak, that garment that the Bible is talking about, it was important. Because if you know anything about the desert during the night, it's not hot. It's actually cold. And I believe that Bartimaeus would have needed that garment there to just keep him warm so he could survive throughout the night. Hot all day, cold all night. He needed that garment to protect him. What I'm trying to say is that garment became a lifeline for Bartimaeus. That one thing that he needed to keep him alive. That one thing that he could not give up. He depended on that garment. Yet look at your Bible there. We see Jesus coming by. We see Him call out. God says, bring Him to me. And He casting away His garment. In other words, He stands up and throws away that lifeline. Why? Because He wanted to meet this man named Jesus. What are you saying, preacher? I'm trying to say that maybe there's some things in your life that you feel like you can't survive without. Maybe those, there's those things that are holding you back from coming to Jesus. Maybe there are those things for those people that are watching via internet that are keeping you from coming back to church. Maybe there are those things or those people that are keeping you from serving God the way you need to be serving God. I'm not here criticizing you. Not. I, as a matter of fact, I'm telling you, I completely understand. I had those lifelines too. But can I tell you, God was faithful to cut those cords. 
All I had to do was make that decision to call out, just like Bart did here. The children of Israel desired to be freed from their slavery. They, they, I believe it was back in the book of Numbers, they wanted something different. They cried out to their God. And God said, I know the affliction of my children. I have heard their cries. I believe we need to be doing more crying today. I believe we need to be praying more fervently to Jesus. I believe as Christians, we need to be calling out for those people in the wake of this storm. But I believe we also need to be calling out for those people that have storms in their personal lives. Those people that have those things that are holding them back. That they're not serving the Lord the way they could be. Are you ready to be different? You see, Bartimaeus here, he wanted this so bad, he was so dedicated to this change here in his life, that the Bible says in verse 50, he casts away this garment and he comes to Jesus. He was a beggar sitting out on these streets each and every day, yet he was willing to give up his lifeline because he desired to have something different. And watch what Jesus does. In verse 51, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Once again, Jesus didn't ask him to change anything. He had a desire in his heart to have a difference in his life. That's all we need tonight for Jesus to save us and make that call. And Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, stops and stands still for a blind beggar there on the streets. I asked you earlier, can you imagine if Bart would have stopped right here at this point and if he would have just sat back down there in his place and uh, missed this opportunity and went back doing the same thing he did every day? My friends, Jesus is listening right now. He already knows your heart's cry. He knows what your troubles are. Nothing takes him by surprise. This virus that we've had going on for three years now, this didn't take the Lord by surprise. The people that are out of church now, the Lord's not surprised by any of this. All these storms, the things that are taking place in our lives and in the world, He's not surprised by any of it. And He's not surprised by anything that's going on in your life. And He's got it under control. And I like thanking Him every morning for the fact that I have that eternal promise. Isn't it great that you don't have to wonder what's going to happen when you close your eyes in death? Isn't it great that you don't have to wonder where your kids are going to go if they're saved? It's such a blessing to be able to live that way. Jesus asked, what do you need, my child? And Bartimaeus simply said that I might receive my sight, and Jesus immediately gave him his sight. One last thing, and I'm done here. I'm not going to keep you late tonight. The Bible there says that after he received his sight, that he followed Jesus in his way. He didn't go back and pick up the garment. His money and his little cup or whatever it was that he had there to collect those things that people would give him throughout the day, that didn't matter anymore. That lifeline, that thing that he left behind there, that he cast behind him, he didn't need that anymore. And I like the fact that he was willing, at that moment that he stood up when Jesus called, 
knowing one of two things was going to happen. That he was going to leave that garment, that he was going to walk away from that lifeline and never be able to find it again as he walked into that entourage and got lost in that crowd. Or he knew that Jesus was about to heal him. Right then and right there. We know from the story that's exactly what happened. When we receive our sight, we should always have the desire to follow the Lord and not go back to those old things. One last thing I want to point out to you tonight. It showed there that Jesus and this crowd was coming through Jericho. And then it says they went out of Jericho. But I didn't read anywhere in my Bible where they came back through. Well, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying simply this. I believe with all my heart that every man and every woman and every child in this world has a day that God's going to take them home. We don't know when that time's coming. And I believe that we all have the opportunity to get saved. The Bible says that. But I believe that one day that opportunity is going to go away. I've heard many old preachers say that they believe with all their heart had they not taken the opportunity when they did to get saved that the Holy Ghost would have never burdened them again. That's a scary thought tonight. Can I ask you something? Have you ever had your one day? If not, let me take you to a man. The one man that can change things in your life. Maybe there's something in your life that's holding you back from serving, holding you back from being what you can be for the Lord. Why don't you get that thing settled tonight? Again, I'm going to go ahead and close early. I'm not going to keep you here late tonight. Uh, these altars are open. And I'm going to pray here tonight. And if there's anything on your heart, maybe you've got somebody that you want to pray for, you come on down here and get it settled tonight or you can do business there in your seat. So I'm going to ask you if you can and will all over the house to stand with me here tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, preacher, I've never had that one day. I've never experienced that thing that you're talking about. I've never asked God to give me my sight, come into my life, and be my personal Savior. I don't want you to raise your hand tonight. I just want you to search your heart and ask yourself, have you ever had that one day? Not, I'm telling you, the clock's ticking. Would you get that settled tonight? Come down here on the altar. Nobody's looking but me and the Lord. Or you can do business right there in your seat. Maybe you say, brother, I've got some loved ones that I'm concerned about tonight. I've got some things in my life that I'm concerned about my work, my marriage, whatever the case may be. I've got some things I just need prayer about. Would you raise your hand and let me pray for you tonight? Hands all over the house. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Rest assured that this preacher is going to pray for you tonight. Some on the altar. I'm just going to give them a, a minute here to do business. Father, we thank You, Lord, tonight again for the opportunity to gather here with family and with friends. Father, we just thank You, God, for 
uh, being with us here tonight. And Lord, again, we just lift up those in the path of the storm. Father, we lift up our families. Those prayer requests that were made here tonight, Father, we pray, God, that you'd have your will and your way with each and every one. Father, we pray that you'd be with this church's dear pastor, Lord, as he travels. Father, we pray that you'd bring him home safely, Lord, that he might mount this pulpit at the next appointed time. Father, the invitation is over here physically in the church, but it's certainly not over in the lives of your loved ones here tonight. And Lord, I just pray, God, that they understand that this invitation is extended anywhere they go as they walk out of this house here tonight. Lord, that they don't need me there. They don't need their pastor. They don't need anybody there to be able to submit their lives to you. All they've got to do is call out. And you're there to answer. And Lord, we just want to say one more time that we thank you for your mercy and for your grace. We thank you for your love tonight. Pray, God, that you'd be with each and every one as they go their separate ways. And we'll certainly give you all the honor and the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen.